0: Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. God is good. And all the time. You may be seated, and while you're doing it, if you're sitting next to one of those lovely, beautiful ladies called your wife or future, come on man, lean over and said, ah, it's good you're married to me. Give him a kiss, okay? Come on, go ahead and give him a kiss. They'll love it. Some of you are not kissing, I'm not. Oh, sorry about that. Thanks, Ryan. Well, I share with you, been sharing with you that uh, many of you know we go down to Florida quite a bit. And when I'm down there, um, it's nice not to be a pastor. And it's nice just to sit and be fed. And we found a wonderful, wonderful church in Auburndale, Florida, where Pastor Dave Melendez and his wife Gina are. And I believe you've been there eight years, right? And what God has been doing in really a transitional moment of a church that went through some difficult times. And watching just his love for the people and getting to set under his teaching, we've fallen in love with them. So they actually flew out Wednesday and then Thursday. He'd never been out to the Black Hills and to Mount Rushmore. And so we took him out there for the last couple of days and he just loved it. And we just had a good, good time hanging together. So uh, I'm going to have a word of prayer and then I want you to give Pastor Dave just a wonderful celebrate welcome. Could you do that? Let's pray. Father, I know that you've set this time aside and it thrills my heart to have Dave with us, his wife Gina, and God just knowing that you have put a word on his heart and a word on his lips for us to hear. And God, that's always my prayer is that we don't need to do another weekend where we just take in church, but that God, it would transform us your word would go forth, we'd never be the same. Lord, it's a cool thing to be gathered on Father's Day because any of us in this room, as a child of the king, knows that we have the greatest father of all. And we're so thankful. And so God, I'm excited about this time and uh, just filled with wonderful anticipation, expectation of how you're gonna speak into our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Everyone says, amen. Would you welcome Pastor Bate? Love you, man. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Well, good morning, celebrate. (laughs) So great to meet you, man. We're so honored to be here. Gene and I have had a wonderful few days seeing all the sights. And uh, most of all, we've just really enjoyed hanging out with Pastor Keith and Kay. They're just such amazing, amazing people. And uh, I think you all recognize that you are blessed with the leadership that God has given you. I mean, you have a pastor who is a true man of integrity, who has a a love for God, a love for God's people, and a love for God's kingdom work. And, um, you know, we are, just being around him is pretty inspiring. You guys know that. You know, you spend 15 minutes, 20 minutes with Pastor Keith, and you just feel encouraged, you feel inspired, just ready to, take on hell with a water pistol. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you just feel ready to take on whatever you're ready to take on. I'm just so blessed, truly honored. Pastor Keith jokes around and says that uh, we're his pastors when he's in Florida, but we're just honored to be considered his friends, and uh, we've so much enjoyed uh, hanging out with them. And uh, if you love your pastors, can you just put your hands together? Come on, just let him know. Love you guys. Now, This is the first time, actually, we've spent time with them when they weren't on vacation. Uh, So it's weird seeing them kind of in a different mode, because when they're in Florida, how many of you know Pastor Keith loves Disney? You guys aware of that? He's into it, right? So when they're in Florida, they're in full vacation mode, full Disney mode, and uh, it's been a few years now that we've seen them when they were there with us, and we actually have some spy photos of Disney, of Pastor Keith. Can we see the first uh, snapshot there, that spy photo? We caught him in action. I think we have another one uh, from a couple of years ago. He was there just hanging out, having a great time. And so the, the problem is that Pastor Keith is fond of wearing those ears to church when he comes on Sunday. So we're, we're actually working on that. Um, i thrilled to be with you here on this Father's Day, and since it is kind of a family day, if you bear with me, I'd like to just introduce my family to you. Of course, my, my precious wife Gina is here with me, and we have a little picture of our family. I'm going to refer to my kids a few times during the message, uh, but there in the, the middle of the picture is my middle daughter, Brianna. Uh, She has graduated with her MBA, she's now married, they're trying to start a family, and uh, she's like our our heavy hitter, highly aggressive, extremely assertive leader uh, in the family. Uh, And then next to her is our youngest, Brandon, and uh, he is an EMT, and just kind of just getting established in his career. And then my daughter, Brittany, on the far side, uh, she serves with us there at the church In Florida, she helps lead worship. She leads in a couple of other areas of the church uh, as well. And so, you know, we're just thankful that all of our kids love Jesus. Uh, We're thankful that they all have a heart for God. But I think all of us who have, have kind of gone through that journey of the kids being at home with us, how many of you know that there were some anxious moments along the way, you know, watching some of the decisions and the things that they've gone through, and so uh, we're just so thrilled and, and honored to see what God is doing in their lives, but parenting is a significant challenge, and being a father, especially in the day that we live in, is uniquely challenging, and so today I just want to share A very simple word of encouragement with you, of course, is applicable to fathers, but it's certainly applicable to all of us as Jesus followers, because these are general principles uh, for us to really aspire to, uh, to be the people that God has called us to be. So, you know, fatherhood is tough. Uh, It's kind of like the story of the young lady who brings her fiance home to meet the family. And so they enjoy a nice dinner, and then after dinner, the father asks the young man to go to his study, and they're going to have a little man-to-man talk. And so the father uh, asks him, hey, so, so where do you work? And the young man says, well, actually, sir, I'm a Bible scholar. And the father says, okay, okay that, that's interesting. Uh, so, but what do you do to make money? Obviously, you're going to have to buy a ring, and you're engaged now. And the young man says, well, I study, and I pray. And I trust that God's gonna provide. Okay, well, what are you gonna do as far as money to find a place to live and provide for a family and all of that? And he says, Well, you know, I'm just gonna study and I'm gonna pray. And I know God's gonna provide. Dad says, Well, how about when kids come and you know, all of those challenges of being the provider for your household? And he said the same thing: I'm gonna study, I'm gonna pray. God will provide. Now, later, the mom asked the dad, so how how did the talk go when you guys talked? And the father said, not good. This young man has no job, he has no plan, and he thinks that I'm God. (laughs) So (laughs) uh, fatherhood is uniquely challenging. Today, I want to look at a couple of verses from the book of Philippians. And here, the apostle Paul highlights two men, and he commends them, and he says, uh, communicates his heart of admiration for the examples that they are, and he presents them as an example for f- believers to follow. Now, if you'd like to follow along with us, I believe there's a printed outline there. You can fill in some blanks, follow along with the scriptures. But I'm going to read from Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 through 30. It says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show strong, genuine concern for your welfare. For everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope therefore to send him as soon as I see how things are going with me. And I'm confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him so that when you see him again, you may be glad and I might have less anxiety. So then welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourself could not give me. Now, Paul highlights Three character qualities in these two men that are great, great uh, qualities that we should really aspire to as fathers. But of course, these are general character qualities for every follower of Jesus Christ to seek to live out in all of our lives. Here's the first one if you're taking notes. Uh, Number one, kids need a model of compassion. They need a model of compassion, and Paul uses Timothy as an example of that. Verses 21 and 22, he says, I have no one else like Timothy who's going to show genuine concern. Everybody say genuine concern. concern. And then he says, so everyone else just tends to look out for their own interests, not of those of Jesus Christ. You know, compassion is is a very powerful word. Compassion is something more than sympathy. It's more than Empathy. Compassion is truly a sense of genuine concern. It's, it's that kind of care that motivates to do, us to do something. It's a love that motivates us to go beyond just feeling bad for someone or feeling the pain that they might be going through, but it motivates us to actually take some type of action to help them or serve them. And compassion is a challenge. I think, for all of us and and at times even for us as fathers. Uh, In my journey of fatherhood, I've often been challenged uh, about areas of my life that God was wanting to develop. You know, as parents, we're wanting to develop our kids and guide them and help them to grow. But how many of you know that God uses that parenting journey to shape us as parents as much as it is to to shape the kids? I, I remember a time where I was really excited. Our kids were very small. And I'm a huge NFL football fan. In fact, a really big Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. So I want to apologize to all the Kansas City Chiefs fans for the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Um, Actually, I don't want to apologize. I was glad we won. But anyway, um, you know, I was so excited. This was many years ago. Looking forward to Monday Night Football. I can't remember who was playing, but it was a huge, huge game. And there was all this buildup. Couldn't wait. And... Getting ready, Gina was away, and it was my task to get the kids to bed and all that. They were toddlers at the time, and so uh, I was trying to get all the, the bedtime routine done so I was free to get to the game and have undivided attention on it. And so I'm getting them their water, I'm getting them all settled, tucking them in, praying with them, telling them their stories and all of that. And I finally thought I had it all dialed in, and just a few minutes before kickoff, my, my middle daughter, Brianna, starts calling from upstairs, Dad, Dad, I need a drink of water. And so it's okay, baby. And I, I went up and I brought her a, a drink of water. I mean, it's getting close to kickoff time, man. So I, I'm moving quick. I get the water to her. And uh, I get all the way back down the stairs. And, and literally, the, the roll-in music is playing. You know, dun dun, dun 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 I mean, it's just like, okay, here we go. And she's calling again, Dad, Dad. I need a drink of water. I was like, baby, I'm yelling upstairs. I already got you water. That that was your second drink of water. But dad, I'm thirsty. I said, Brianna, you've had enough water. And I was a little harsh. I was a little rude because I wanted to see my game. I felt like she was taken care of. And then like a knife through my heart, I hear this little call, dad, and she's weeping. Dad, please, I need some water. I said, Brianna, you be quiet. If you don't be quiet, I'm gonna dad's gonna come up and spank you. And then here was the kicker. Dad, when you come up to spank me, would you please bring a drink of water? (laughs) And I just felt horrible. I mean, what a horrible, selfish, I mean, that's father of the year material right there, right? So I was just exposed. I mean my utter selfishness in that moment. And I can't tell you how many times as a father, God has just let me know that I need to be less selfish. I need to be more focused on the needs of my kids, more focused on serving the needs of my my wife. Compassion is very challenging to truly, at times, sacrificially serve the needs of those closest to me in love. You know, for all of us as guys, man, at the end of the day, what we want to do when we come through the front door is just chill, just relax, just kick it up on the couch. But God just has challenged me that I just need to learn to come home ready to serve and love my kids and be there for them and be present and to, to help my wife and, and to just put them first. This has been one of the greatest challenges for me. I don't know about you guys, I'm just, I'm just kind of selfish, and God has just challenged me in this area to grow. And Paul says this in verse 20. He talks about those who just, we, we all have this, a tendency just to get wrapped up in our own affairs. But I truly believe that real manhood, a, a true follower of Jesus, is a person who is sensitive to the needs of others, responsive to the needs of others, especially those closest to us, and to serve them In love, You know, Jesus told that story of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10. And just to paraphrase the story, it's a dude who's on a business trip from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he gets mugged. He gets beaten up. He's left on the side of the road, half dead and bloodied. And as Jesus tells the story, he talks about how a religious guy comes walking down the road and passes by on the other side of the road, doesn't want to get involved, doesn't want to deal, has no compassion on the man who's hurting, and he just keeps on going. But then Jesus talks about this Samaritan and he uses a person, a Samaritan, who the Jews just had a lot of ethnic hatred for. There was a lot of prejudice and Jesus uses the Samaritan as the hero of the story. And he talks about the compassion that the Samaritan man chose and he helps the guy who's hurt and he binds up his wounds and he carries him to a place where he can be for the night. Probably had blood all over himself. And again, just paraphrasing, he gives his American Express card to the innkeeper to swipe my card. Whatever he needs, put it on my card. And Jesus described that heart, that, that's love in action. That's real compassion. And, and there are times where there is a sacrificial nature to that kind of love. And Jesus told that story to illustrate what real compassion looks like. Sensitivity and love In action, It means that we're willing to be inconvenienced in order to serve somebody else's needs. This is a fundamental Christian value of our faith, but this is also a fundamental of truly being a godly father. So as a Christian, service in general is a a fundamental value. The Bible says your faith without works is dead. That kind of leads us to the second principle. If you're taking notes, write this down, that kids also need a model of consistency, of consistency. Verse 22, he says, you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. Those two words really kind of are connected. That word proved and the word served. He proved himself through consistent service. Timothy was clearly a man who was a man of his word. If he made a commitment, you could count on it. Timothy was a man who was faithful. And I think we can agree that this is a quality that's all too rare in the day that we live in. Proverbs 20, verse 6 says, Most men proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? See, we all often have really good intentions. Uh, We express the things that we'd like to do. Sometimes we make promises, but the challenge is, Are we truly committed to following through on those promises? You know, some of us grew up with inconsistent parents. Some of us grew up in a household where a lot of promises were made, but they weren't necessarily kept. And that's a difficult thing to deal with. Some of you grew up with uh, alcoholic parents, and maybe you would would come home and wonder if you were going to get hugged or get slugged based on what was going on in your parents' life at that time. And this kind of pain can distort our image of our heavenly father. The Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. And some of you know the pain of broken promises in your life. But what God wants to do is rebuild that image of God to heal those hurts. In fact, God wants to use many of us to break that cycle of inconsistency maybe that you experienced in your family and to now break that cycle in the life of your children to give your kids that type of model that maybe you didn't have. Now, you know, fathers play a vital role in our ch- children's development. Now, some churches uh, seize the opportunity for Father's Day to basically beat up on dads. To let dads know how they're not, you know, uh, making the grade. How, how they're just not measuring up. I'm so thankful that Celebrate is not that type of church. This is the type of church That wants to lift you up. This is a church that recognizes that none of us are perfect. There are no perfect parents. There are no perfect marriages. We're all on our own journey. But God's grace is available to help us. When we recognize our weakness. When we realize our lack. God wants to help us take steps of growth. And just to become that person he's called us to be. That parent and in particular the father that he's called us to be. You don't need to be perfect, to be an effective father, just admitting our need for God's help, asking for him to help us, to acknowledge when we mess it up, and then ask for God's grace to do better the next time. You know, this is a church that wants to lift men up. We believe God will help us. Proverbs 14, 26 says, in the fear of the Lord, there's strong confidence, and his children will have a place of refuge. Refuge. You know, years ago, I moved to uh, California. Gene and I were invited to serve as a teaching pastor at a really large church out there in San Diego. And we moved everything cross-country from Florida to San Diego, and our vehicles came over on transports. Now, my car, for whatever reason, was the last car to arrive, and it came months late. And it was on an open car carrier, and so by the time the car got to our house, it was absolutely filthy. And so as they rolled it off and we put it in the driveway, I decided I was going to give the car a good bath. And so my son Brandon, who was a toddler at the time, decided he wanted to come out and give give dad a hand. Now the problem was he was dressed up in this cute little outfit, little California dude outfit that mom had just bought him. But he wanted to dive in and and help me. And I said, well, Brandon, I want you to get all dirty. And he said, dad, it's okay. I want to be dirty just like you, he said. And it was just this cute little expression, but it's amazing how God used that little statement to remind me that Brandon is going to grow up and emulate my character. He's going to be and follow in those footsteps that I'm pursuing in the direction of my life. And God wants to use us to be an example in our speech and our entertainment choices and the convictions that we hold. And God, I believe, challenged me with that little moment with Brandon because it was just a few days later that we decided we're going to go to a movie and uh, I was online buying tickets. And they had a thing where it was basically the honor system. You could buy tickets for adults or children and there was a decent price difference between adults and kids. And, you know, it just came across my mind. I said, hey, who's going to know? They're not going to check it. I'll just order all children's tickets for the family. And when we walk in with the tickets. They're just going to rip them. And Brandon's standing right over my shoulder at the computer Mouse hovering over the children ticket and realized, is my integrity really worth these few dollars difference? I'm just so thankful that God kind of put me on notice and made me sensitive to realize that I'm modeling for my son what real integrity is all about in this moment. And in fact, I'm doing so all the time. And this is challenging because I'm not a perfect guy. I have my issues, I have my struggles, there's areas where I'm trusting God's grace to help me and to stretch me and to help me grow. But inviting God on that journey and my kids watching my own journey, and men, this is true of all of us. You don't have to be the perfect father, but your kids watching your journey will inspire them as a model all of its own. At times I have that, Unfortunate duty of conducting funeral services for those who are not believers And those are always really challenging often sit with the family and ask them hey What are some things I can share that would be encouraging? Obviously, I don't want to you know not have integrity and like preach this person into heaven if they were clearly not a believer But I'm trying to be encouraging and you know, sometimes it's it's tough because there's really not a whole lot to say You know, I heard about some lady who was at a funeral and they were eulogizing her husband and they're saying all these wonderful flowery things and the widow actually got up and walked to the front and looked in the casket just to make sure that that was actually her husband there because it didn't sound like the guy she was living with. And I think those are those moments where guys, it's good to just think about what type of legacy do we want to leave for our kids and for our family? What do we want them to remember about us? about this uh, family who uh, hired a professional biographer to actually write out their family history, and uh, they told the biographer that there was actually one situation in their family they were a little embarrassed about. Actually, uh, their father was convicted of murder and actually was executed uh, in the electric chair. And they said, you know, maybe we ought to just kind of leave him out of the family biography. And the biographer said, oh, no, no, I'm a professional. I I can lay this out in a way that's not going to embarrass anybody. And uh, here's what he wrote. The father, and he names him, occupied a chair of applied electronics (laughs) in an important state institution. He was attached to his position by the strongest of ties and his death came at a real shock. You know, so I, I don't want my funeral liturgies to require that level of creativity. Guys, you don't want Pastor Keith to be searching for something to say. We want to live the type of life that people can recognize that we truly wanted to live a life that was pleasing to God. None of us bat a thousand. All of us are imperfect. But what is the goal? What are we really seeking to live out in our lives? We have that power of legacy, guys, that God uniquely uses a father to lay out for his family. God wants to establish some things in our families. And guys, one of the simplest things you can do to establish this principle of consistency that Timothy modeled is really what you've done today. So great to see so many men here today. Just the fact that you're here, one of the things you can do to establish this as a model for your family is to consistently be in God's house on Sundays. To say, you know what, we are a family who worships God. To be engaged, to be involved. Not to be passive, not to, you know, just pass the spiritual leadership off to our wife. But to say, you know what, we're going to be there. I'm going to make sure of that. And guys, we are modeling values to our kids. What we don't want is for young men, when they get to adulthood, to come to the conclusion by our example that, Going to church is for women and for kids. When I get old enough, I'm going to spend my Sundays mowing the lawn. I'm going to spend my Sundays fishing because that's what men do. See, we want to establish a model of consistency spiritually for our children. Guys, you don't have to be perfect to leave a legacy. You just have to be authentic and real, honest about your mistakes, humble when you mess up. And seeking to be consistent. I can't tell you how many times I've had to apologize to my kids. Pull one of them aside. Listen, baby, I'm sorry. Daddy was too harsh. I want to apologize for how I I spoke to you. Now, what I said to you is true, but I needed to say it in a more loving way. I I truly apologize. That is one of the most powerful models of your kids. Just be real. And then here's the last one. Write this one down if you're taking notes. Kids need a model of courage. I'm not talking about the kind of, you know, my dad can beat up your dad kind of courage, but courage to do the right thing, to to stand up for for what's right. Paul mentions this guy Epaphroditus. He's commending him because Epaphroditus actually took an 800-mile journey to visit Rome in support. Of the Apostle Paul. But on the way, on this 800 mile journey, he got deathly ill and he almost died. Paul refers to it there in verse 29 and 30. He says, Welcome him in the Lord with great joy. Honor people like him because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risked his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. And our kids need models, both moms and dads, but in particular fathers who are willing to stand up for what's right, to do what's right, even when a sacrifice is attached to that. Our society needs Jesus followers who are willing to take risks and to stand alone if necessary to do what's right. Now, men and fathers have a unique role to do that. In the day that we live in, it's pretty clear that manhood is kind of under attack. But God wants to help us understand what true biblical manhood looks like and have the courage to stand in the ways that he's called us to stand. And we need men of courage, men of strength. I mean, not some fake macho thing, but real men. I'm thankful for women's contribution and leadership in the church, in our society. But the church and society also needs strong men who will love and who will lead and who will model these types of principles to teach our kids, hey, this is how you love your family. This is how you love God. Teach our kids, hey, this is how you protect. This is how you provide. This is how you sacrifice. You know, this is when you need to be gentle. And then here's when you need to be firm and stand up. Our kids need these types of of models, Paul said, honor men like Epaphroditus, who risked his life for the gospel. This was an example of a man who made God's kingdom priorities his priorities to such a degree that it was a great risk for him to be obedient to what God had called him to do. And I just want to lovingly challenge all the men here. If you have a spiritual step in front of you, that God's been messing with you, he's been talking to you, he's been challenging you, and you know there's a next step for you to take, I just want to encourage you today, as simply as I can, to have the courage to take your next right spiritual step. Sometimes it takes courage to do that. Some of you have been following the Lord for a while. Maybe your next step is to get baptized. And that might seem like a simple step, but for some reason, sometimes people just kind of hesitate. And if you've not yet taken that step, that's your next right step. Baptism is like an initiation step into the Christian faith. It's the first thing we do according to Scripture. Maybe you just need to have the courage to step up and sign up and say, you know what, the next baptism service, I'm in. I'm going to be obedient to the call of Jesus Christ to follow him in baptism. I don't know what your next step right might be, but it's probably going to be something that requires some courage. Maybe your next step is to move beyond just being a consumer of wonderful things that celebrate and to actually become a contributor. Maybe it's stepping up to say, you know what, I want to begin to serve in some way. I want to get involved in one of these wonderful teams and put me on that list of volunteers where I'm going to serve a couple times a month and I'm not just going to come here to receive, but I'm going to come here to give. That's part of our call as Christians is to serve in love. Maybe that's your next step. Maybe your next spiritual step is to begin putting God first in your finances. You know, this is a time where, you know, the economy is not great. Inflation is high. A lot of people want to pull back and, and get tight and get conservative. But you know what? God calls believers to walk in faith, doesn't he? And God's economy is not tied to a nation's economy. He is always faithful to his word. How many of you believe that, that God is a faithful always to his word? Sometimes it takes a step of faith to obey in that area. And especially if you've never really done so and put God first, it's gonna take a little courage at first, but it's not gonna take long for you to see that man, you just can't outgive God and he's faithful. What's your next step of obedience? Maybe it's sharing your faith. Maybe it's with your family or your friends or the people you work with, letting people know that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Not being a Bible thumper and coming down on people, but just kind of coming out of the closet and letting people know that he is the first priority of your life. This is part of our call as followers of Jesus, is to let our light shine before this world. So whatever that is, courage to obey And take that next step of spiritual growth. It takes courage to follow Jesus. But it's always worth it when we take steps of faith. It takes courage to embrace verses like this, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Look at it there on your outline. He says, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's a great question to think about today. Great Father's Day challenge. Have I offered myself completely to God? Or maybe has it been a partial offering? The only problem with the partial offering is that you can't be one foot in and one foot out if you're gonna follow Jesus. It's literally all or nothing. That's what Jesus meant when he said, if you're gonna follow me, you gotta to die to yourself and take up your cross. It's Lord, not my will, but yours, as Jesus prayed. You're first in my life. See, there's a element of sacrifice. There's an element of courage that it takes to truly follow Jesus Christ. And that verse says that we're to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. The only problem with a living sacrifice is that it can crawl off the altar. And I can't tell you how many times I've had to realize that maybe there was an area of my life where I've crawled off that off altar and God was calling me to get back to a full devotion to him where literally he's first in every area of my life. Fatherhood takes courage. Parenting takes courage. Following Jesus takes courage. As a parent, it takes courage to set boundaries with your kids and to stick with them and enforce them. It takes courage to say no when everybody else is saying yes. It takes courage as a follower of Jesus to say, this is wrong. When the rest of the society is saying, this is right. And we celebrate what God says is wrong as something that's right. It takes courage to stand alone. Now, as parents, we face a lot of tough choices that require courage. I'll just close with this, that after we planted a church in Tampa, I received the invitation of a close friend to join him uh, as a teaching pastor at a large church up in Huntsville, Alabama challenging thing was at that point, my oldest daughters were in high school. So to move from Florida to Huntsville, Alabama, meant pulling my kids out in their high school year, my my oldest daughters. Now, we all know how much kids would love to move while they're in high school. So Jean and I were very concerned about that. We knew that God was speaking to us about this. And so after dinner one night, I kind of pulled the kids close and I said, listen, guys, here's what we're thinking. Here's what we feel like God is doing but I, I so don't want to get this wrong. I, I just really want to hear how you guys would feel about this. And I'll never forget my oldest daughter, Brittany, looked at me and she said, well, Dad, you know what? In your sermon this past Sunday, you said, never let fear make the decision for you. How many of you, you kids ever thrown your words back in your face? You ever, you ever had that happen? They're preaching my sermon back to me. I said, you know what, Daddy did say that. And she put a little hand on my shoulder and she just said, Dad, we trust you. And in that moment, I needed my kids to pour courage into me. It takes courage to make some tough calls as parents. Various ways, various situations. But God is always with us. He is there to guide and inspire and to strengthen us. Guys, following Jesus... Requires some risk. One of the reasons we stop growing as a person or stop growing spiritually is when we're no longer willing to take a risk. That risk of standing alone, that risk of doing the right thing, that risk of taking that next right step spiritually. So, guys, there are no perfect fathers, but every man in this room can leave a legacy. You can make an impact. By the way, I'll just throw this in here. There are no perfect marriages and there are no perfect churches. You guys realize that? As wonderful as this church is, it's not a perfect church. If you ever find a perfect church, don't join it because you'll mess it up. (laughs) There are no perfect churches because there are no perfect people. You don't have a perfect pastor. He doesn't have a perfect congregation. We're all on a journey together and God in the midst of our own journey and our own imperfections gives us his grace to be that person that he's called us to be I've met parents who felt like failures because their kids have chosen not to follow Jesus Christ it's uniquely painful what I've learned is the best parents tend to blame themselves when their kids make bad choices And if that's you today, can I just encourage you that ultimately your job as a parent was to do the best you could and to trust God and to guide your kids to the best of your ability. But it's not on you. It's on them. They they are the ones making those choices. There's nothing more painful than watching your kids make really bad choices. But listen, it's not a reflection on you. If you think about it, our perfect heavenly father, would you agree that he has some rebellious kids? It's not a reflection on him. We have to own that. But listen, the final chapter hasn't been written for your kids either. So let's trust God. Let's not take more responsibility than what he's given us to do, to just be the best parent we possibly can. We'll never be perfect examples, but we can all leave a legacy. Let's make this our prayer this Father's Day. Would you bow your heads with me right now? And as we close, would you just pray a prayer from your heart to God. I don't know where you are in your spiritual journey. Some of you are maybe taking those first initial steps to follow Christ. Maybe some of you have really been a very committed follower for a long time. But we all have a next right step to take. All of us can be challenged when it comes to compassion. Just ask God, Lord, what's one way that you want me to be more sensitive and responsive to the needs of others, in particular the people that are closest to me. God, how about consistency? Just being faithful, person of my word, someone that others can truly count on. Just ask him for his help today. Then, when it comes to courage and faith, that's how we grow. It's just to step out of that boat and just believe that God's gonna... Take us and support us and help us in that next step. If you're here today and you're making that first initial step, maybe you're here you never trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. This is a church who celebrates those who make that initial step. And this church exists to help you follow in the footsteps of Jesus. In your heart, if you're making that step today, just pray a prayer that says, God, I just admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I need your help. I admit that I don't have it all together. I just ask you to forgive me. Forgive me for not putting you first. Forgive me for resisting your will and authority in my life. And I ask you to come into my life. Give me your Holy Spirit's help. Guide me and direct me. And Father, I will follow you one step at a time. Thank you that it doesn't have to be perfect. You're looking for progress and not perfection. And so Lord, I trust you Father, we thank you today, and I pray your blessing over every father here in this Father's Day. Lord, I pray a blessing over Celebrate Church, this incredible congregation. Lord, I just pray your hand would continue to be upon them in Jesus' name,
0: amen. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you and we believe in you. God bless.